Ghoulings, it's your girl Rebecca, and you're listening to Just Ghouly Things. Ooh. Hey, Boo Things, and welcome back to Just Ghouly Things, and I am your beautiful host, Rebecca. So, I'm not going to go on and on. This is the Quarantine Spooky Story Special, episode number four. So, it is the Sunday Scaries, so it is the perfect day to get into some more ghoulish tales. So let's get started with our first story. This story is titled, My First Time Babysitting. When I was around 12 years old, my family and I moved into a semi-detached house. Our neighbors had a little three-year-old girl and a six-month-old baby boy. I love children, always have, and really want to start babysitting. My parents told the neighbors that if they ever needed a sitter, then it would be nice if they would consider trying me out. Cut to a Friday night when my neighbors went to a party just down our street. I got there around 8 p.m. and the parents told me that they would come home at around 2 to 3 a.m. Both kids were already sleeping, so they told me to just put on a movie and relax. Now, these kids were the easiest to babysit ever. Once you put them to bed and they fell asleep, absolutely nothing would wake them up. I was watching Avatar on the TV upstairs, and the kids' bedroom were just downstairs where the front door was. I could basically see their bedrooms from where I was sitting, as the place was quite small, but I couldn't see the front door. At around midnight, I heard the front door unlock, and my neighbors walked in whilst talking, closed the door, and started taking off their jackets and shoes. I thought it was a bit weird that they hadn't called to let me know that they were coming home early, but I went downstairs to greet them. I could hear them talking up until the point that I came around the corner towards the door. There was nobody there. My heart was beating so loud at this point that I could barely think. I rushed to the bedrooms and checked the kids before I searched the rest of the house. Eventually, I was convinced myself that I was imagining things and went upstairs to finish the movie. When I sat down, I noticed the TV was shut off, even though I knew I hadn't turned it off. When I turned it back on, there was just snow on the screen. I couldn't for the life of me get it to work again. That's when the talking downstairs started up again. Not only that, but the baby started screaming bloody murder. I have never in my life ran down a staircase as fast as I did that night. I rushed towards the baby's bedroom only to find the door closed. I left both bedroom doors wide open so that I could see them from the couch. I ripped the door open, picked up the baby, and rushed to pick up his sister. I took them both upstairs and held those kids for almost three hours before the parents came back home. The talking and sounds downstairs came and went as I had the kids with me on the couch. As the parents came home, I was too scared to walk downstairs to greet them, so they just found me clutching their children upstairs. They asked me what had happened, and I told them the entire story. They told me that it wasn't the first time that anything like that had happened there. Oh, thanks a lot, folks! (laughs) They said that they were sorry that this happened to me, and the mom walked me home to my house. I slept with the lights on in my room for almost a month after that. Believe it or not, I did go back and babysat those kids again. Good for you, sis. I <laughs> First of all, fuck those parents for not telling you that there's paranormal activity. That is messed up. But good for you for checking on those kids and keeping them with you till the parents got home. That is a crazy story. The next story reads, Is my brother's room haunted? In the past four months, I have been seeing and hearing things from my brother's bedroom. There were three big events that happened which made me believe that there's something up in his room. Story number one. It started when it was around 10 p.m. one day and I was going to bed. My brother's room is in between my parents' room and mine. I was going from my room to my parents to say goodnight, and when I passed the door of my brother's room, I heard a whisper. I am unsure of what it was saying, but after thinking about it, it sounded like it kept saying, 
you're the only one. I don't know what that could mean. Story number two. It was in the middle of the day and I was going up the stairs, which is right in front of the door of my brother's room. For some reason, I just stopped when I was on the top of the stairs when some of his college mail just flew off his desk and hit his computer. I went in and there was no one in his room. Story number three. This was probably the most freaky to me. I was lying on the floor of my parents' room looking into my brother's room. I don't know why I was staring into his room, but I felt like it. Then I saw someone turn around and lean down as if he were trying to get a good look at me. And those are my paranormal stories. Thank you for reading. Oh my God, that third one is so creepy. It's like the spirit wanted to look back at you and let you know it was there. Um, Whether it's a negative spirit or just a spirit that just hasn't found its way to the other side successfully or at peace. Uh, I don't know. That's, I feel like we need to go into more details with these stories, but thank you so much for that story, Matthew. Um, and let's get to the next story. This story is titled, my house made me believe in the paranormal warning in advance. I'm a long winded person. So this will be a long raid. Let's get it started. I bought a house in March, but didn't move into it until the end of May because I was doing minor renovations. The house has three bedrooms upstairs, and I always kept all the bedroom doors open, which is a habit of mine, even though I know it's not that fire safe. Four months after moving in, though, I started to feel weird about the extra bedroom and started shutting the door. I couldn't sleep with the door open, and I rarely went in it because I didn't feel very safe in it. So I closed the door and stopped going in there. Didn't really notice the change, but now looking back, I think that's where it all started. Around then, my dog started to get really upset at night. My dog, a one-year-old lab, would bark down the hallway or at the corner. His hackles would be raised, and even weirder, he would back up and move, seemingly reacting to something moving. Once, he even seemed too freaked out at something, and mid-bark, he turned around and sprinted back to my room before jumping on my bed and staring down the hallway like he was running away from something. That was when I started to get a little nervous, since it didn't seem like he was barking at the neighbors or something in the street. He seemed to be reacting to something in the house, and it kept getting worse and worse. So pretty much this person says that they um, had videos, um, and they don't really want to post them to their YouTube because they don't want all this paranormal stuff on their YouTube page. But in the videos... You can see him barking at the corner and down the stairs and in the window, which reflects the same hallway. Initially, his barking would happen randomly like once a week, and he would send the videos to his friends and family joking about the house being haunted and stuff. Um, But at this point, he had just assumed that the dog was settling in himself. Now back to what this person wrote. Then it all started to happen much more frequently, from once a week to once a night to all night long. I was getting headaches every night because I wasn't able to get any sleep and was being woken up constantly from him. That was when I stopped joking about it being haunted and started getting a little weirded out. Nothing major though until October. I was in bed trying to doze off. My dog had been especially loud this night and was getting up every five minutes to growl down the hallway or snarl in the corner. He was finally asleep though at the foot of my bed and I was almost asleep too when I heard a series of very fast and very loud knocks that lasted about 10 seconds. 
I was pretty disoriented and my heart was beating and my first instinct was to hope that no one was breaking in. Strangely enough, though, my dog bolted awake and sprinted to the corner and started up his growling. Previously, if he heard a noise from outside, like neighbors pulling in with their loud car, he would run downstairs to bark at the window. Personally, I could not isolate where the sound was coming from and if it was downstairs or upstairs, so I can't say for certain it was coming from the corner where he was barking. I finally settled him back down and managed to doze off again. This time, I woke up suddenly to the knowledge that someone was walking towards me. I knew someone was taking steps closer to my bedroom from the hallway, and I bolted up and called my mom, convinced someone had broken in and was even about to come murder me. When I looked around, though, I couldn't see anyone and even went so far as to go downstairs and make sure my purse was still there as I was so convinced someone was in my bedroom. At that point, my mom suggested that my house could be haunted. I decided to set up a sleep recorder for the rest of the week until the weekend, and I got this audio. So she posted first night and second night on SoundCloud. Um, I'm going to take those snippets, and I will post them on our Instagram page at Podcast. For reference, my phone was on my nightstand next to my head. I could hear several things in a bunch of videos, including my dog moving, me moving, AC turning on, etc. And all were much more quiet than these noises, though you can tell that the bang in the first video woke me up a bit. In the second video, you can hear what sounds like something dragging than what sounds like three footsteps after. I tried to mimic the sounds, and I can't quite match the second one, but the first one sounds like my bookcase door or cabinet door slamming shut. It also sounds like it's further away from my bed and down the hallway, whereas you can kind of sense the proximity of me wrestling awake after hearing the noise. Long story short, we did the candle test, and the wicks of two candles simultaneously went out of the guest bedroom. No AC, no windows, no moving air. And three times, we tested in other rooms too, the two candles went out at the same time in the extra bedroom. No flickering and no embers on the wick after either, just strong, steady flame, Then it was like someone grabbed the wicks with wet fingers. That was enough for my mom, so she saged the entire house. Go, mom. And since then, nothing. My dog hasn't barked in the corner of the staircase. Um, I keep the bedroom door open now, and I haven't felt weird at all. Haven't felt a flight or fight instinct either when walking up or down the stairs too, which is huge added bonus since before the saging, there were a few times where I would feel an intense sense of panic and would run up the stairs. And that's my first experience with anything abnormal. Honestly, I'm still doubtful sometimes just because that's the type of person I am, but the fact that my dog hasn't barked since we saged is too much of a coincidence for me. Also, another weird thing that might just be a coincidence, a few weeks after moving in, my dog started getting really afraid and fearful of me, but only after he left after he was left home alone. I would get home from work and instead of greeting me, he would run away from me, which was very odd for my pup. I would try to lure him closer with treats and toys, and even then he seemed terrified. Usually after a few minutes, he would warm back up and be totally normal, but it happened for weeks. I even tried uh, taking him to the vet. It stopped eventually, and now I wonder if it had anything to do with my ghost. This was my, uh, okay, weird noises upstairs. So I posted this story a week after staging. I didn't add details about noises upstairs because I wasn't confident they were odd since they'd been there off and on since I'd moved in. So now she added to this story. So she previously wrote this and then added um, added um, her experiences after staging. So this is my first ever house. And when I first moved in, I started noticing a lot of noises upstairs. When I was downstairs, I would hear what sounded like walking around in the area that was my master and bath uh, master and bathroom were. 
It wasn't clear footsteps, more like dull this and creaks that would move location. They definitely gave the impression of someone moving upstairs, though. I'd go up to look and see nothing or hear anything. At one point, I was even worried that someone was in my attic, but eventually figured it was just normal house noises. But since the staging, I haven't heard any of those noises upstairs either, so I figured I'd add this as well, just so I can confidently say those noises were definitely not normal. So that's awesome. I love when people update their stories because they may have added a story when they weren't sure about a certain part of it. And then looking back a few months later, thinking about their experience, like, oh crap, wait, this happened. And that wasn't normal. So definitely, I mean, the story never ends when it comes to the paranormal, right? So I thought that was a really cool story. All right, next story is titled Zara the 1940s Ghost in My House. I've seen this ghost all my life. We call her Zara, the ghost I've seen all my life because she's a friendly ghost, harmless. I see her on the stairs in the dining room and in my dad's bedroom mostly. And she likes playing with babies. So here are the three experiences that this person wrote about in regards to Zara. One, in about 2001, 2002, when my sis was a baby, my parents would always hear music playing on the baby monitor. It was calm music and my sister would fall asleep or laugh, but whenever my mom or dad would walk in to her room, everything would just stop. Two, in our dining room in 2009, my other sis, Kay, was in the kitchen with the rest of us and she decided to take a picture of our dog, Cody, but when the picture was developed, Zara the ghost was smiling at us in the corner of the room. We have the picture somewhere, I forgot where, but one day I will find it for you guys. And three, in 1980 to 1981, my dad was woken up in the early hours of the morning to Zara sitting at the end of the bed. My dad woke my mom up, but she woke when, when she woke up, Zara had disintegrated into thin air. P.S. We have nearly 40 years of experience, so there's a lot more. So maybe I'll do some more when I have time. And we know she's a good ghost. We're not scared of her sometimes. When we see her, we wave at her. And sometimes she smiles and waves back before disintegrating or walking away. Oh, so I know this is a really, really short story, but I wanted to add this in because it's short but extremely sweet. Zara is such a nice ghost. The fact that they actually wave at her and she smiles back and waves back, like, uh, that's so nice. I just want to know if there's maybe any history of this Zara girl, if they've ever pulled up records from the property. And obviously, maybe the the woman's name's not Zara because it's not like they said she said her name was Zara or anything, or there's no evidence indicating that was ever her name. It was a name they made up. But get some more information, and maybe she's trying to communicate something to you guys. Um, I mean, clearly they don't really want her out because they haven't really taken any steps and they don't feel threatened, but maybe Zara's trying to convey a message to them. Maybe she does want to cross over to the other side. Uh, the fact that she's showing herself in pictures and clearly making herself visible, that takes a lot of energy. So but that was a really cute story. And on to the next. This next story is titled Night Shift. I've worked at a cafe for seven years now, all throughout high school and now into college. I'm technically management now because I host, make pricing decisions, and close the restaurant. The owner's mom, who is usually there every night to close and do the cash drawer, is in Arizona for a few months visiting family, meaning I close the restaurant by myself. So I go about my business 
walking the cooks and busboys out to the back door and locking it after they've left. I then head back to the front of the house to grab the cash drawer, credit card slips, the keys, and head back to the other end of the restaurant where the office is. The office light, in all the years I've been there, has never been turned off. Not after you leave the room, not even when you leave at night. I've had talks about, I've had talks to them about why, but the owner's mom is not negotiating on it and always wants it on. Anyways, I walk into the back and go to unlock the door to find the office light was off. It was on earlier when I went back there and I'm the only one with keys to the door. I know I didn't turn it off because it's not a habit of mine. I've never turned that light off once. I check the side of the wall and flick the light on. So it was in fact physically flipped off. Again, I'm alone and the only one with the keys so I have no clue as to how the light would have went off. There was an older man who had a heart attack and died in the restaurant in the bathroom about nine years ago, so people always say that place is haunted. I've heard my fair share of kitchen pots clicking after the kitchen staff has left, or random slips printing off when no one is by the order screen to click print, and even the sound of toilets flushing after clothes when it's only me around, but this instance freaked me out the most. Last night while closing, the door to the inside of the restaurant slammed shut in front of me and the head shut. We just looked at each other with our jaws dropped. No one was in there and the clear glass door is behind another clear glass door to the outside, which had already been locked. So it couldn't have been the wind since it was behind an outdoor door. I'm kind of on edge as it seems as though the more I'm closing alone, the more things I'm noticing happening. I really picked up when the owner's mom left town and I was left to close by myself at night with no one else. I don't want to get yelled at for not wanting to close, so I'm thinking about making the back of the house guys wait for me and leaving altogether. Well, first of all, that is really smart of you to not want to be left alone because you don't know, especially for the most part, spirits that we may sense or encounter, they aren't going to hurt us if they don't have the means to hurt us. But if you are feeling any sort of discomfort, it's always important to stick to your gut and follow your intuition. And just in general with how crazy society is, God forbid there is, you know, an intruder and you're by yourself. It's, you know, you might as well have someone wait for you. It doesn't hurt to wait a couple extra minutes for somebody to close up. But if you do definitely believe that this is spiritual before I do anything, I would ask the owners if anything has happened besides that death of the older man, um, if they've experienced anything themselves, and if it's okay for you to sage the restaurant after closing. Um, maybe that will help deter any spirits or you know, decrease the amount of experience you, experiences you have. It seems like more activity is happening when it's just you. So maybe they're trying to intimidate you. So my number one suggestion is obviously ask the owners, but if you can, sage the house, sage the restaurant, do whatever you can do to try to make it a more calm and more safe environment for you mentally. All right, this next story is titled, One of My Scariest Ghost Hunting Experiences. I am so excited to read this because I love reading people that have go gone on ghost investigations. So let's see what this person had to write about. 
Let me start off by saying that all of my life, I have been a hotspot for paranormal sightings. I've encountered spirits, demons, what I believe to be a Wendigo, and I have had one UFO sighting. But one day, I had a very terrifying experience with a demon while ghost hunting. I was doing a usual ghost hunting investigation at a house by myself. Never do an investigation by yourself. I was walking through the house with an EMF reader, um, and I had a voice recorder ready, when all of a sudden, I got a really bad feeling. It's hard to explain, but it felt like something wasn't right. I went to go pull out my voice recorder because I knew something was in the room and I wanted to see if I can get this entity to communicate. And all of a sudden, my body was full of chills. As I looked around, I started to get a really bad headache and I had this feeling I needed to get out of that house immediately. I grabbed all of my stuff and ran out of the house and something told me not to turn around. But of course, I did anyways. And I saw something terrifying. Through the house's window, I could see this figure walking where I was walking, and it was a tall black shadow with what looked like horns on top of its head. It turned and looked at me, then disappeared. I couldn't believe what I had saw. This experience has caused me to quit ghost hunting for like a year, and I have since started back, but I ghost hunt very little and never by myself anymore. It's something that will stick with me for the rest of my life, and it is a good reminder that you Never really know what you may be coming into contact with from the other side. Okay, that is intense. And that is a great story and a great moral um, for this episode. If you want to get into ghost hunting, always be with at least one partner whenever you enter a room, in a house, wherever you are. Because you never know what you're getting into, especially with these spirits, these demons, they may be able to see you and you can't see them. And that is a horrifying feeling. And sometimes we aren't equipped the way we need to be, especially if we're by ourselves. So we need to protect ourselves at all costs. So if you think about going into ghost hunting, please make sure you do it responsibly with someone you know for extra protection. And I'm just curious as to where this place was like what state, if there was a history behind, like why did they investigate this place to begin with? Um, there's just so many questions I have. And the fact that this person has had several ghost investigations under their belt and this experience alone made them quit ghost hunting for about a year, that's when you know it had to be a really traumatic and a valid, valid experience. This title is a long title, but it is, I have had countless experiences with the paranormal. I usually don't even want to talk about them because it triggers more encounters, experiences. But with being sick and stuck at home, here I go. This story reads, My mom always said that when I was very small, I would tell her friends things and turned out to be true. The most memorable one happened when I was about three. My mom's friend was minding her own business, and I went up to her and touched her face and told her she should not eat cheese. She wasn't currently eating any, I just said it out of the blue. I guess before she came over, she had eaten some, so she was very weirded out. Next day, she comes over after an EGR trip. Her entire face is swollen, and it turns out she had developed a severe allergy to cheese. That friend always tried to get me to tell her more things, but I would always say it doesn't work like that. Fast forward to being about five. It was taken, I was taken away from my mom at this point in my life due to her using methamphetamines. I lived with my paternal grandparents. I often slept with my grandma at this age. And when I woke up this particular morning, I was not in my body. I was watching myself sleep next to my grandma on my bed. 
I was above us, tucked in the corner of my room. I floated into the living room, looked out the window, and saw someone I didn't recognize. She had a beaker and dumped something onto my lawn and left in a panic. What I saw then was black smoke rise from whatever liquid was just poured out. I had a sense of overwhelming fear. I knew I had to wake myself up. I didn't know how to. I was looking right at my own face and I couldn't wake myself. I felt that fear again while I was attempting to wake myself up. And then I saw it, a hooded figure dressed in black. I could see it had flames for eyes. My floating self tucked itself back into the corner in the ceiling. It didn't notice me floating, only the sleeping me. It grabbed something from under its cloak, something that whatever it was had stabbed me with. I was screaming from my bed and the ceiling. I could feel it deep under between, between my ribs. I was inconsolable for hours. And when I finally was able to talk and explain everything, I had a giant bruise where I had been stabbed. Not even a week later, my mom, who was a very heavy user at this point, came to my grandparents' house and she was in hysterics. My grandma was holding me back and my papa was holding my mom back. She kept screaming, they're coming for you, the demons, over and over. And I swear when something bad is happening or something is off, that same spot still aches. So that was the end of their original post, but it had gotten so much feedback so they decided to write more of their experiences. At this point, I'm eight. I've grown used to hearing things and not telling anyone. For a long time, there were two apparitions who would watch me sleep. They would whisper to each other, is she asleep? And the other, other one would respond, not yet. I would lie awake at night, drenched in sweat, with my eyes closed, lying as still as possible. When I was eight, my papa had died. I was absolutely heartbroken. I didn't talk to anyone for three months. I had nothing to say. Then my biological father, who I didn't even know, was released from prison and came to live with my grandma, his mom, and I. He was beyond cruel to me. We, have spoke, we haven't spoken in 10 to 11 years, but when I was about eight and a half or so, when we purchased the house next door to the one my papa passed away in, I don't think my grandma could stand to be there. Well, we managed to clear out that house completely, and we were getting ready for tenants to move in. We kept it locked at all times. One day, my dad and I were cleaning up the yard at the new house when we heard the sound of our original house's side gate opening. It had a distinct scraping noise that it would make against the concrete. My dad and I looked up at each other. Then we heard the side garage door open and slam. We knew for a fact that door was locked. And last, the door to get into the kitchen was opened and shut. We ran into the house. All the doors we knew were locked and were now unlocked. The house was empty, no furniture, nothing. There was nowhere for anyone to hide. My dad called out for his dad, and this feeling of sadness came over me. My papa was there, but we weren't. I didn't know what to do. I felt my heart break all over that day. My dad told me that day he sees things, described some of the scariest things I've ever heard. I didn't want to talk to him about it. I get this gut punch feeling just thinking about the pictures he used to have of the things he would see. The one picture that I wish I still had was so scary, I swear I almost threw up. When I was about 13, I would visit my dad and grandma in the new house. At this point, I moved in with my mom. My dad mentioned he visited, he invited something in, a girl, and that's all he told me. We would put the dogs in the laundry room at night for bed, and for some reason, after we put the dogs away, I decided to take some digital photos. I read or heard somewhere the flash can get things we can't see. I took pictures of the kitchen, living room, and also leading to the laundry room where the dogs were. There was the back of a girl. 
long braid walking towards the laundry room. I stared at the photos in disbelief. Then the dog started growling. I ran to my dad and he then showed me the picture. So he had a girlfriend and and the room um, had a picture of her holding up one of his dumb pistols. But in the background of the TV was visible. There was the same girl, but this time it was her face, black eyes, gray skin, and you could see her fingertips on the edge of the TV. Oh my God, I have chills. It reminded me of the ring. I got mad. I said that it was the picture of the TV. But if you've ever taken a picture of the TV, you see those lines, but there weren't any. Later that week, we lost the camera and the girl started to turn things on and off. The radio, the lights. It got so bad, I once screamed at the top of my lungs at her to stop. And it did. But I don't know who that girl was or how he got her there like he claimed he did, but it was terrifying. I don't trust my biological dad one bit. He is a violent man, and I'm afraid she was maybe hurt by him somehow. (gasps) Oh, my God. I mean, we don't know why this guy went to prison. But, like, what if this was a victim of his, if it was a violent crime? Oh, my God. This story just gives me chills all around, especially the second part of the story I was not expecting at all. Okay. All right. Let's keep it going, guys. This story is titled, The Scariest Paranormal Experience. Let's see if we can prove that to be right. On my 18th birthday, my mom gave me $50 and told me to go have fun. I ended up eating Chinese food with some friends and my cousin, so afterward, we wanted to walk off the food. That sounds like an awesome birthday, just saying. Eventually, we decided to go to the Books A Million and bought a Ouija board with the money I had left. What could possibly go wrong? And Books A Million, oh my god, are those even still around? And why were they selling Ouija boards? Okay, back to it, sorry. We finally get back to my house, go downstairs, and pull out the board. At first, nothing happens. We call out, and at this point, we think it's a hoax until the planchette starts to move. We ask the regular questions. Is anyone there? If you're here, can you make a noise? Give us a sign. But nothing really budged. Fast forward to December, mid-January, we played again. And even before then, I had the board in my room. I always got this eerie feeling from it. It felt like something or someone was wanting me to play it. I make the mistake of giving in and play it by myself, which is a rule that is not to be broken. The thing is, is that I don't remember anything that was said other than goodbye. And that's when stuff really started to take a toll. One weekend, I came home from college and I decided to sleep in my sister's room, which is next to mine. And as soon as I sat down, noises started. There were a whole bunch of boxes scattered around and it sounded like someone was pushing them and throwing them. I shouted, who's there? No answers, and the noise continued. So I get up and get the balls to look, but everything was in place. There are many other experiences, such as lights flickering, things being knocked over, knocks and whispers. Any advice on how to get rid of this entity stuck in my house? Sage, sage, sage. And to those that have um, other ideas on how to get rid of a bad entity coming from a Ouija board, email us at jessgoolythingspodcast at gmail.com. Unfortunately, we get so many emails from our listeners who have had bad experiences with Ouija boards, um, whether they didn't close it right, they didn't play the rules right, they played it by themselves. And 
they just have this negative energy following them and they don't know how to get closure and to move on from it. So if you have any rituals or ideas, please email us them. Uh, email us them at, G- at justcoolythingspodcast at gmail.com and we will post them on our Instagram. We are a safe space for everyone that is involved in the paranormal. Um, you are not alone. You may feel alone, but you are never alone. We are here for you. So um, I feel like I'm continuously saying this in this episode, but never do anything in regards to the paranormal on your own, ever. It is better to be safe than sorry. All right, let's get to the next story. This next story is titled Scream in the Woods. Oh, I don't like the sound of this. When I was around 13 years old, I used to spend most of the summer at my cousin's farmhouse situated deep inside a large forest. Me and my cousins would often play in the woods for hours on end, building tree houses, play with foam swords, and overall have a blast. Despite all the joyful memories I have, one memory still confuses both me and my oldest cousin to this day. I recall one summer evening playing in the woods, all four of us, three boys, one girl, and nothing was out of the ordinary. We were walking through the woods quite far from the house, talking to each other, and abruptly out of nowhere, a harrowing scream surrounds us. I remember it as being so loud that it was almost sounding as if I were wearing headphones with the volume on full blast. Oh my God. We all stopped in our tracks and looked at each other thinking, did you just hear that as well? And without exchanging a word, we all set off towards the house screaming. I even remember my youngest cousin starting to cry as he couldn't catch up to us, but we were all so frightened that we just kept running. (laughs) They're like, all right, the weakest is last. The weakest is last. They won't get us. (laughs) Survival of the fittest, am I right? I'm 20 now, and I still can't explain what that scream was. It sounded so surreal, somewhat human, but also different in a way that I can't explain. I mentioned it to my oldest cousin a few years ago, and he says that he remembered the exact same thing. My most logical explanation would be that it was a deer scream, but it sounded nothing like that, and we would have seen or heard it as if it was as close as the scream sounded. I'd love to hear what you guys think it could have been because I'm out of ideas. And just as a side note, this happened in northern Denmark, and the property has no neighbors in over one kilometer radius. So I don't know. That's definitely something paranormal because, I mean, I don't really know what wildlife there is in Denmark in the woods. So maybe if anyone knows, maybe there's like a certain animal that lives there that may be making a shrieking sound. But yeah, that is, that is a creepy experience for sure. All right. My last and final story for today is titled Shadow Figure and Other Occurrences. Over the course of my life, I've had quite a few paranormal experiences, but this is the one that sticks out to me the most and the one I'll never forget. When I was 14, I woke up in the middle of the night. It was around 3 a.m. I know the significance of 3 a.m. now, but was not aware of that significance at the time. I fell asleep with the TV on, which was something I did almost every night, usually playing GTA Vice City. My bed was up against the back wall of my room, and when I woke up, I was facing the wall. When I rolled over in the middle of my room was a tall shadow figure, no shape, just a black mass floating in the middle of my room with eyes staring right at me. I laid there staring at it and it stared right, stared right back at me for a good 10, 15 seconds and then it slowly faded away. I remember that as it was staring at me, I didn't feel scared, which 
when I think about it now, seems really weird. The eyes are something that I can't really describe either because they weren't human eyes. They were distorted and didn't really have a color to them. As I said in my opening paragraph, that wasn't the only experience I had in this house or my life. In this particular house, I would hear footsteps all the time, sometimes right in front of me on the wood floors as I was watching TV clear as day, the doorknob to the garage, laundry room, giggle like someone was trying to break in, rustling around the house when I was home alone. I even remember driving down my street one night once I got my license, and seeing figures ahead of me like someone was walking across the street, but when I would get to that part of the street where I thought I saw someone, absolutely no one was there. My aunt is a medium, take that as you will, and she came over once because of the activity we had, and as we were driving down the street, she pointed to my house as we pulled up, not knowing it was our house, and said, that house has a lot of activity. When she was there, she said there's a very old elderly lady that stands at the top of the stairs, we had a tri-level house, wanting to come down but couldn't. And the crazy thing is that the previous owners were very elderly and the wife couldn't go up and down the stairs by herself. As she said that, I told her that our dog at the time would just start barking looking up the stairs for no reason. I would tell him to be quiet. He would then look over at me, then look back at the top of the stairs and walk away. Like whatever he was barking at was gone. But this shadow figure I saw is one that'll stick with me forever. When I think about it now, it's still so vivid to me. And I had never seen it before, and I haven't seen it since, and I'm 31 now. Just wanted to share and get some opinions. Thanks. Oh, well, I mean, at least you can definitely verify the experience of the older woman. The older woman at the top of the stairs, you know, there was proof that there was an older woman that had lived there at one point before you guys. Um, and that she had trouble going down the stairs, and the fact that animals have a fantastic sense of spirits around them, and the fact that your dog looking up there as if acknowledging that there's someone up there, and then looking back at you like, oh, is someone going to help this lady? Like, she's just staring at me, wanting to come down. Anyone going to help? That is a very interesting house, and I'm very curious to see uh, where that house is located. Um, and if you don't feel comfortable, it seems like the only thing that this person feels uncomfortable with is the shadow figure. Sage. Sage that house. Other moral of this episode. Sage. 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 <laughs> All right, guys. On that note, that concludes Sunday Scaries, the quarantine spooky story special, episode four. Thank you so much for listening to Just Ghouly Things podcast. Let's run down the social media, shall we? Follow us on Instagram for funny paranormal memes and updates of our podcast at Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Like our Facebook page, Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Add yourself to our private Facebook group, Just Ghouly Things Podcast group. Follow me on Instagram at Rebecca Ruber. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience that they'd like to share on our show, email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Oh, and don't forget to donate to our Patreon at Just Ghouly Things Podcast. All right, boo things. Talk to you tomorrow. Goodbye.